Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Good morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Oh, man, you sounded good, choir. You sounded good out there. My goodness, my goodness. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. See if I can. I'm, I'm trying to pull up the people online so I can say hi to them while we're at it. But while I'm waiting for that to load, how many people brought their Bibles today? Where's where are my paper Bible people at? We got some paper Bibles in there? Come on, come on. Looking good, looking good. How we got some electronic Bibles out there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I got so many old friends out there. I'm just looking around. I got, oh, my goodness, so good to see you. So good to see you from Texas. Oh, my goodness. And then my, my brother from the Marine Corps, I love you, my man. So good to see everybody. Oh, my gosh, I could just talk to everybody today and say hi to everyone. And, and I got to tell you, my, my captain and I, we were back there. We were, we were talking about the last game I got to play, and, and uh, there was 30 seconds left in the game. We were winning by two. And uh, I'd gotten beat up by a couple guys. Now, this is, I'm just going to tell you how human your pastor is. Are you ready? There was this guy. We're not allowed to, like, full-blown check. Just a little bit of rubbing. You know what I mean? But I gotten a little bit of rubbing a little bit too much. You know what I'm saying? And this guy was coming across the ice. He'd been a bit of, bit of an interrogator. And he's looking behind him, looking for a pass, and he's just skating straight at me. I had to do it, you guys. Like, I, I need your prayers. I need some intervention. But I laid that guy out so bad. Like, and it was, I, I was, it was, it was holy. I, I just laid hands on him, and he went down in the spirit just like that. I mean, anyway, you, you can, you can just pray for me. Just pray for me. Chelsea knows I got, I got some pent up aggression. Are you with me? Ah, oh, it's Christmas Eve. Can you believe it? Oh my goodness! I know Santa's having to work late tonight to get everything wrapped. Yeah, exactly. But he's got a lot of work to do to get it all done. Does it seem like 2023 just went by like like a flash? It went by so fast. I mean, I feel like it just started and now it's already going to end. Is anybody with me? Oh my goodness. Oh. How many of you, Christmas is like a highlight of the year? Yeah, we got some people who just love Christmas. I mean, if you're a kid, Christmas is the highlight of the year, right? You get a couple weeks off from school, you get to stay up late, and then all of a sudden you're just like, I can't wait to wake up Christmas. Is anybody excited to wake up tomorrow? I'm excited to wake up tomorrow. I know there's going to be some gifts under the tree. Get excited about all that. Oh, my goodness. Waking up to that. How about special meals? Does anybody have special meals during Christmas? Yeah, a few of you. You go to Grandma's house for, for Christmas, Christmas dinner. We'll be doing that this year. So fun. I love doing that. Uh, maybe some extra time off. Uh, does anybody get... Get tomorrow off. You get Tuesday. Who gets Tuesday off? Five, six, seven, eight people. I don't get Tuesday off. So, to you guys, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, 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 I'm rejoicing with those who rejoice that you get Tuesday off. I'll be working, thinking of you the whole time. But uh, it'll be good. It'll be good. But we get to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior today. Isn't it such a special thing? I love that last worship song. It's there's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 2. And we're going we're gonna to go through the Christmas story super quick, just, just part of it. We're not going to go through the whole thing. How many of you have heard the Christmas story every Christmas? We're, we're going we're gonna to brush on it, but we're going we're gonna to talk about some stuff that, that kind of stood out to me when I was reading it. Are you ready? My message title for today is, What Are We Waiting For? Go ahead and tell the person next to you, What Are We Waiting For? 
What are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? Let's get into Luke chapter 2, verse 1. It says, At this time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. Verse 2, this is the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Verse 3, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Verse 6, And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly, snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word today. And Lord, we celebrate the, the birth of your son, the birth of our Savior and friend. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this day of celebration. And we pray that everything we do brings honor and glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, an important thing to note when you're thinking about Christmas, when you're thinking about the birth of Jesus, is that you have to note that the Jewish people were waiting a long time for Jesus to come. A long time. Can somebody say a long time? Like, like I need to know if you guys know what waiting a long time is like. Do you, like, what is a restaurant, I want you to tell me, what is a restaurant you know you're going to have to wait but it's worth the wait. I, I heard Roadhouse. I heard In-N-Out. These are, these are my people. Porky's, Olive Garden. We got any more out there? Worth the wait. What happened? Mc, McDonald's. McDonald's is worth the wait for you, my man. For the rest of us, we can keep waiting. All right. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Sorry. I Copyright infringement for McDonald's there. But Lucille's, Lucille's is good. There's so many good ones, right? And it's like when you walk in and you're like, I know it's got to be at least 45 minutes. Are you with me? Like it's going to be a 45-minute plus wait. Now, if you've been sitting there for an hour and a half after they told you it was going to be a 45-minute wait, how do you feel? Oh, my goodness. Like your faces all just went, like all at the same time. Like It's almost like you've done this before. You've been there before where they said, you said it was, four, look, this is right here, 45-minute wait. I've been here for an hour and a half. Right? You feeling that? Now, I want you to think about this, that the Jewish people were promised a Savior. And then they had to wait. They didn't have to wait an hour and a half. They waited hundreds of years. Hundreds. Hundreds. Are you guys with me? Hundreds of years. There was, there was a time period of about 400 years from the last prophecy that was made about the Messiah to when he was actually born. 400 years. Is anybody worth, I mean, in and outs not worth 400 years. Are you with me? Like, like maybe Lucille's, definitely not McDonald's, but are we with me? Right? But somebody say it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. Here's point number one. I will wait because it will be worth it. I will wait because it will be worth it. It'll be worth it. Oh, they had to wait a long time. A long time. From when the Old Testament ended to when Jesus was born. The last recorded prophecy was in Malachi almost 400 years before Jesus' birth. Somebody say that's a long time to wait. That's a long time to wait. Would we be waiting for that? 
I don't know. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 says, All right then, the Lord Himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and you will call Him Emmanuel, which means God with us. You want to know how long ago that was written before Jesus? Almost 700 years. 700 years they said Emmanuel will be born. Like when we're reading the book, for us, it was like we read this in Isaiah and now we're reading in, in the Gospels that He was born. Oh my goodness. Right? Like If you're reading the whole Bible in a year, you still did it in one, one year. Are you with me? To figure out who is this guy that's going to be called Emmanuel. Are you with me? As we read through these, 700 years. Then you read in Micah. Micah 5, verse 2 says, But you, O, o Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. So it's already predicting right there that he'll be born in Bethlehem. Verse 3. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman of in labor gives birth. Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. Verse 4. And he will stand and lead his flock with the Lord's strength and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed. Come on, somebody. For he will be highly honored around the world, and it will be a source of peace. This was written by the prophet Micah 800 years before the birth of Jesus. See, they were waiting. They were waiting for somebody to come in and clean house. Are you with me? They were waiting because over these hundreds of years, there was one one pictorial leadership over another that just would take over their people and put them into a place of oppression. And every time they would be chanting with their kids and their kids' as kids and their grandkids and their grandkids' as grandkids. Are you with me? Like, there will be a Savior. He will come. There's a promise from God from all the prophets. He will be here one day. And they would tell their kids. And their kids wouldn't see anything. And then they would tell their kids. And their kids wouldn't see anything. But from generation to generation, they kept holding on to hope. Does anybody need some hope today? Oh, I know I need some hope today. In the midst of what we're going through and all the different things in life right now, I mean, just going to the gas station. Was it nice to see it at $4 this week? Oh, my goodness. I don't know who approved that, but I got excited for a minute. Right? I, I still remember a few years ago when it was in the $2 range, but 4 is nice for now. Are you with me? It's not 6 but in the midst of it, man, it feels like sometimes we have our own oppression, our own stuff coming against us, our own difficulties. But how long would you wait? How long would you wait for a promise to come? 800 years? Would you even tell your kids the promise exists if you didn't see it in your own lifetime? Come on, somebody. But they, they held on to the hope that God had given them. Here's, here's point number two for my note takers. When God makes a promise, He keeps it. Come on, let's say that together. Ready? When God makes a promise, He keeps it. He keeps it. You know what? I, I encourage you in 2024 to get into the Word for yourself. If, you, if this isn't your home church, I pray that you have a home church. But don't just trust your pastor. If this is your home church, definitely don't trust your pastor. Are you with me? Because that guy doesn't know enough about the Word for himself. You've got to make sure that you're in the Word for yourself. And let God speak to you through His Word. Because when you start to read His Word, the, the promises in His Word start to become real for you. It starts to become a reality that you can live out. 
See, if we don't know the promises, we can't hold on to the promises. If we don't know the hope, we can't hold on to the hope. Are you with me? And so there's, there were so many people that had lost hope wondering if the Savior would ever come. Now, as I'm reading through this Scripture, I started to realize they weren't ready for Him. I mean, they didn't even, they didn't even have lodging for Him to be born. Did anybody notice that? Maybe somebody forgot over the course of a couple hundred years that there would be a Savior born in Bethlehem. I don't know about you, but if I knew that the Savior was going to be born in Bethlehem, wouldn't we be sitting at Bethlehem all the time just waiting? When's he going to be here? When's he going to be here? When's he going to be here? It's going to be up. I mean, kids, are you ready for tomorrow? When is Christmas going to be here? When's Christmas going to be here, right? You're, you're excited out of your mind, right? When's he going to be here? But there was no room. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says, let us hold tightly. Somebody say, hold tightly. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promise. Verse 24. Let us think of ways to motivate. Somebody say motivate. Motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Verse 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Oh my goodness. It's time to hold tightly to hope. See, as we, as we think about the Jewish people, they've been waiting hundreds of years for a Savior. That Some of them, I'm, I'm pretty sure, are pretty skeptical by this point. Anybody with me? Have you ever, you ever had somebody give you a promise and it didn't come true? How do you feel the next time they make a promise? Don't look at your husband right now. That's just messed up. That's messed up. Hope gets deferred, doesn't it? Stop hoping anymore because you're like, yeah, you made a promise to me before and it didn't happen. It's like when your boss said, hey, if you just do all this work, I'll give you that raise. And then that time comes for a raise and it's not there. You ever feel that? Come on, some people know what I'm talking about. Or you waited that extra hour and a half for your, for your in and out and then they made it wrong. <gasps> the, the audible gasp in the room, right? You're like, oh, I waited so long for this and I, I didn't get what I thought I was going to get. How many of us are waiting on God? You know what? I want to tell you how important it is to be together during those times. Look to your left and to your right. These are your brothers and your sisters. These are the people that are following Christ, that are figuring life out. That Does anybody not have it figured out yet? Oh, i got a few honest ones. The rest of you, there's a church down the road. But the honest ones can stay. Because I don't have it figured out yet. I don't know if you do, but I don't have it figured out yet. I don't have all this stuff figured out yet. But we've got to make room for God to move. Amen? Let's go back to Luke 2, verse 7. We're going to read that just one more time. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Who missed it? Who missed it? Are you with me? I can't tell you, like, when, do I have anybody that, that made plans for Christmas and something got missed? You ever, you ever get that? You're like, you were supposed to get the eggnog. Is anybody with me, right? You were, you were in charge of this. You had one job, right? And for, for, for the people, for the Jewish people, I'll try to stop stepping on that. I see how nervous everybody gets. Like, is that going to break? Like, it might. These things are exciting. We could just see what happens. But for the Jewish people, 
We should have been ready, right? I mean, Jesus is coming. We should have been ready. They didn't have a place for him. I don't know about you, but I would have thought like, man, even if, even if I was just coming to my in-law's house, I would think there'd be a place ready for me. Are you with me? Like, like if I got there and they're like, actually, don't have you. Can you imagine? Some of you are thinking about your in-laws. Like, that was last year. How did you know about that? But you expect there to be a place for you. This is the Son of God. And there's no place for you. Are we thinking about that? Like, how many times in our lives we got so busy doing all the things that we forgot to make room for Jesus? Oh, that's heavy, ain't it? This is a Christmas service, Pastor Justin. You're supposed to be nice to people. They might come back. They might not. <laughs> Are you with me? In the midst of it, they didn't make space for Jesus. There was no room for Jesus to be born. So he was born underneath the house. He was born where the animals are supposed to be. You know, I don't know if you've ever studied that out or looked it up or, or learned about it, but they would put the animals under the house because the, the warmth of the animals would go into the house. Did you know that? Like all the dung and all the stuff. It probably didn't smell great, but it was warm at least. Are you with me? But in the middle of it, that's, that's where our Savior is going to be born? That's where the promise is going to come? Is in the middle of animal puking? I'm glad you enjoyed that, Noah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> he said puking. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if, if I knew that it was Jesus, if I knew that it was the promise, I'd probably go into Aunt, Aunt Connie and Uncle, Uncle Bert and say, hey, you guys got to go. Like, like, we need an extra room. Like, he's the Savior of the world. I mean, and even, you know what would happen is Aunt Connie would be like, oh, absolutely. If the, if the Savior of the world's coming, like, let, you can have my space. Are you with me? But when they go from in to in, from place to place, sorry, we don't have any space. We don't have any space for God. Oh, man. How many of us are asking for things from God? God, will you help me in this financial difficulty? Will you help me with this diagnosis? God, will you help me? Where are you, God? But every time I knocked on the door, he said, I have no space. Church is a thing of the past. Come on, somebody. Like I've watched over the last few years church become just an option. For me, it's not an option. Are you with me? Church is not an option. It says, don't neglect the gathering together. Why does it say that? Because you know what happens when we do? start to lose hope we start to lose hope in life we start to look at look at the government we start to look at all these things and we start to look at the world falling apart around us and we're wondering where can i find some hope yet football games on can't go to church football games on. you know what they got online church now i'll just i'll just tune in for a few minutes do my thing and good to go are you with me I love that we can be on the internet and all over the place. I get to be with you in Texas. You're watching almost every week. I love that. I love that we get to be all over the place. But you know what? There's something special about sitting here with you today. There's something special about sitting and singing together. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. Come on. There's just something that just lifts up in your spirit. That encouragement that you get from one another. When you're going through junk, when you're going through hell, come on, you, 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 you need somebody to pull you out, don't you? I've got to be honest with you, I had a hard week this week. 
And I text my friend, I text Pastor AJ, said, can you pray for me? This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm going through. I need him. I need men. Are you with me? We need each other. Don't neglect the gathering together because you'll lose hope. The birth of Jesus is all about reinstating hope. Oh, God came through. Took him 800 years, but God came through. Are you with me? Sometimes it feels like that right now in today's day and age. You're like, I just need a little extra money to get by, to get things going. Are you with me? Just a little bit, Lord. Where are you? Anybody feel what I feel? Come on. But God always comes through on his promises. He does. He does. Here's point number three for my note taker. I will make room for God in my life. Can we say that together? I will make room for God in my life. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, it says, Preach the Word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. It's okay. See, it says right here, I can yell at you. No, I'm not yelling at you. Most of the time I'm yelling in the mirror. Are you with me? I'm saying, God, help me. Help me figure this thing out. Verse 3, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will let them, who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. Verse 4, they will reject the truth and chase after myth. Verse 5, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. If you're not ready to be obedient to God in your life, if you're not ready for that, then don't ask for God to be in your life. Because real faith is say, yes. Yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. Are you with me? It's not, it's not okay. L- listen, I, I, know, I, know a lot of, I know a lot of churches teach out there, just, just pray this prayer. It's like a, it's like a get, you know, get in. You, it's going to be, you know, like pass, go. You get $200. It's just going to be that easy. You just pray this little prayer. I know. I'm not popular right now. I can see it on your faces. You're like, I, my pastor said that. You know what? I'm not arguing with your pastor. Your pastor's an awesome guy. I love him. But here, here's the thing. If, if, if all you do is pray a prayer, it's not real. No amens. No like, yeah, pastor, yeah, I get him. No, no. Because we all, we all kind of hoped it was just like, you know, if I just, if I just go to church on Christmas and Easter, everything will be okay. If I just... You know, go to church every once in a while. If I just claim to be a Christian, it'll be enough. Can I tell you it's not enough? I'm not saying you got to be here every week. But what I'm going to tell you is you need to be connected to the body of Christ. You need to be connected to the body of Christ. Now, does that mean Livingstone's Church? No. Livingstone's Church is one little church amongst hundreds. Are you with me? It has nothing to do with this church. But if I want to share with you the truth, if I only get your ears for one or two Sundays a year, I'm going to take advantage of it. Are you with me? Because I want to tell you the truth. I want to tell you the truth that God loves you and He wants a life for you that is beyond what you can ask or imagine. 
He's got so much more for you. More than just an encouraging word on Christmas and Easter because mom made me come to church. Come on, somebody. Yeah, it's all right. Giggle, giggle. It's the truth. It's the truth. Ah. Mother's Day and Christmas, only time I get them to come to church. Can't tell you how many times I've heard that one. As the time goes by faster and faster, life is just whipping by us, isn't it? Anybody with me? I, I look down and I look at my 10-year-old son and when we, when we started this church, when we started at this church, he was three. I'm like, oh my goodness. He was three. He's just sitting in the little kid's area. Now I've got another one, five-year-old sitting in the little kid's area. It goes by fast, doesn't it? And some of you are looking at your teenagers or your, your 20-somethings or your 30-somethings and, and you're thinking the same thing. I remember when they were five. And it just goes by so quick. Thank you, brother, for cleaning that up. goes by so quick I want to give you permission for a moment I want you to take a moment and just breathe can we just breathe together let's just take a deep breath on three are you ready one two three I don't know about you but sometimes I forget to breathe get so busy things get so challenging so difficult hard to breathe deep isn't it Hard to catch your breath. It can get so difficult. Got to take a moment, breathe, and remember that God loves you. His promises are true. And it's time for us to take responsibility. Come on. Are you with me still? Are we sleeping? It's time for us to take responsibility for our generation. Are you with me? We have to take responsibility. If we don't do it, nobody will. You can't wait for some other person to, to stand up and, and to do this. As, as they would read through these Scriptures, they were waiting for a Savior that would come in and do some political damage. They were waiting for somebody to come in like a warrior king and do these things. They weren't waiting for a little baby in a manger. They weren't waiting for some little pathetic thing. Are you with me? When they saw... When that's all it was, you know, oh no, wait, I, don't, I can't have a mess in my end. You know what? We don't have space for you. She looks like she's going to go at any moment. I don't have space for you. You know what? Some of us are so afraid of the mess that we don't have space for God. We don't have space for Jesus. We don't have space for, for people and, and, their, and their problems. Come on. I got my own problems. Why do I have to deal with yours? anybody with me but you know what it's time to make some space it's time to make some space for Jesus it's time to make some space for people it's time to make some space for issues to get come and be made clean and be made strong it's time to make some space are you with me there's something that has to shift in our culture that we're willing to make space make room for one another the Bible says make room for each other's faults we're so busy pointing them out we don't make room for them. Are you with me? God wants to do a work in and through your life. But until you say, yes, Lord, here I am, send me, we're not going to see those promises fulfilled because we didn't make room for Jesus. Amen? we got to make room for God in our lives.
so that our kids can see what it looks like. That means when it's favorable and when it's not favorable, we make room for God in our life. Amen? That means when it's difficult, when I don't have time, when, I'm, when I have an issue with somebody at the church, that guy right over there. Right? Oh, it's not about the guy right over there. You know what? That guy needs Jesus too. Are you with me? Like, if we all focused on him instead of focusing on each other, how much difference would it make? We're coming into an election year, church. Oh, get ready for the stress, huh? Yeah, it's all of a sudden this person hates that person, that person hates this person, and I can't imagine how much hate has to go around, but can I tell you, it doesn't have to be that way. When I read this Bible, it says that He came that all should come to glory with Him. All should have everlasting life. The word all means if you wear a blue tie or a red tie, you still get in because He loves you. Are you with me? We're all broken in figuring it out. We can look at each other and say, well, you're more broken than me. Who is that helping? Nobody. You're right. I see a city of people, hundreds of thousands of people just within a few miles of here. 50,000 people just in the little tiny chasm of French Valley. 50,000. In that little, I mean, we're big enough finally to get an in and out. Come on, somebody. I mean, but at the same time, there's 50,000 people out there that need Jesus. They need connection. I know we live in California, and that's not popular. I know, I understand. I'm from Washington. I'm naive, right? Like, like people actually wave at each other up there. Here, they, they, they wave at each other, but with one finger at a time. Are you with me? Like, it's different on the traffic, you know? But it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. And if we want to see, if we want to see our community changed, it starts with you. And it starts with me. I have to take personal responsibility. You have to take personal responsibility. So the next time you see somebody, you say hi to them. Hey, how you doing? And you take interest in them for a minute. Hey, would you like to come to church with me sometime? No, I don't go to church. That's all right. Here, take a card anyways, just in case you change your mind. We'd love to have you. What if that happened 40 times in a day for somebody? What would happen to them? Why do these people all love me? I don't understand. I, don't understand. I got invited to 10 different churches today. I don't know why people love Jesus so much, why they love each other so much. What is that all about? And then they come, and maybe they come to this church, maybe they come to the church down the street. Maybe, maybe. What if the church wasn't eating itself alive? What if we started giving life to each other? What if we remembered the promise that these people held on to for hundreds of years, and we already have it. It's already there. It's already done. We just got to give it away. Are you with me? Hope can be restored. When you see somebody that's arguing with their spouse, hope can be restored. When you see somebody that got another diagnosis, hope can be restored. When somebody just got laid off right before Christmas, did this have to happen this way? Hope can be restored. You hold hope in your hand in the form of a helpless little baby. This gift that took hundreds of years to come to pass. Jesus. 
lived a sinless life, willingly went on a cross for you and me, died, rose again. I mean, some people argue that. Is this real? Is it? You just made it up in your head. There's so much historical value in this book. Something that was predicted 700 years before it happened, 800 years before it happened. If you go and look it up, there's more than 400 prophecies about Jesus that he fulfilled in his birth, life, and death, and resurrection. I don't know about you, but that doesn't sound like chance. I'm not a a math whiz, but that, that, that seems like a little more than a coincidence. So if all those things are real, it means that Jesus is real. That means that the salvation that he preached and talked about is real. That means that the hope that each you and I can have is real. And you don't have to live this life without him anymore. Everything can shift and change right, right now. Can I pray for you this morning? Thank you to the three people that said yes. Go ahead and close your eyes for me for a minute. I want you to just think about your life. Maybe maybe you feel a little convicted. You know what? That's okay. I do too. There's too many times that I haven't made room for God in my life. I haven't made room for Jesus in my life. Too many times. And even today, I can still make more room. I can still give Him more of myself. Die to myself a little bit more. But maybe you walked into church today lacking a little bit of hope. Maybe you walked into this place wondering if you have any real friends. Wondering if people really love you or if they're just saying things. I want to tell you that there is a God in heaven who loves you. Loves you. He loved you so much that He sent His only Son to come and die on a cross for you so that He could be with you in eternity. He made room for you by giving up His Son. The question is, will you make room for Him back? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Like I said, it's not about just what you're praying. It's about a shift in your heart. You can say words all day, but until something changes, nothing changes. That's you here this morning. Raise your hand for me. People aren't looking around. I see hands going up all over the room. Come on. God's making a way right now. Something's shifting. We're making some more room for you, Jesus. We want to see you move in our lives. For all those hands that are raised, maybe you're sitting on the fence like, oh, Somebody else raised their hand. Now I don't have to. Now listen, this this whole message was for you. God's not done with you yet. He wants to do a work in your life. He wants to prove His goodness and His faithfulness through you. This is your moment. I'm going to ask one more time. If you would like to have Jesus in your life, if you're ready to make room for Him today, can you just raise your hand for me real high? There you go. There you go, all over the room. All over the room. I'm a Marine. I can't count that high. Father God, we just thank you for all these hands that are raised, committing their life to you today. And God, I pray that it'd be more than lip service. It'd be more than another empty promise. Father, that we would begin to let you be the Lord of our life. 
God, I pray for each of them that as they receive you as their personal Lord and Savior, God, that you do a work in and through them that they couldn't imagine doing on their own. God, to experience you and have your faithfulness when times are good as well as when times are hard. God, we commit our lives to you today. And we thank you for loving us today. God's word says that if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before the Father. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me right now. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. But like I said, it's not, it's not the words that are powerful. It's the shift in your heart that is. But just pray something like this. If you just raise your hand, I want you to pray something like this. Just saying, dear Jesus, I give my life to you today. I ask that you'd forgive me of my sin and help me change from the inside out. God, I commit to walking with you today from this day forward. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for raising from the dead and making room for me in heaven with you. I today make room for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we lift up a shout this morning? Come on. That's our God. That's our God. Oh, my goodness. That looks so good. Beautiful. Like the, the Word of God and the sunset all in the same thing. Like a dawn of a new day. Yeah, it's looking good. It looks amazing. It looks amazing. Ah. Oh. Nick, can you just keep playing for a minute? You're doing such a good job. It's crazy. We can go beat up people and then worship Jesus. It's awesome. Love you, dude. That dude, that dude can skate. That dude can has some hands on him, man. A good hockey player. An even better man of God. give myself lots of extra time because I want to I let the Holy Spirit move a little bit. I know this can be weird for a lot of you because you've never experienced anything like this, but God knows you. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're experiencing. He knows what tugs at your heart. He knows what's hurting. I've prayed for people seen God give them a word that there's no way I could have known. But yet, He did it. And people are surprised. But the truth is, it says in the Bible that He knows every hair on your head. Why wouldn't He know more about your life? Why wouldn't He know what you're feeling and going through? Why wouldn't He? If God is real, then He knows, doesn't He? Amen? I just want to pray this morning for some people. Like I said, some of you, some of you raise your hand and you're like, yeah, I'll be here next week. I'll be at church next week. I'm not going to neglect that time together anymore. And some of you weren't ready to raise your hand yet. You're like, I don't know about that. I've been hurt by church before. I've been hurt by church people. Church people can be ruthless. Trust me, I, I work with them every day. I love them. God loves them. God loves you. 
you've been hurt by somebody at church and that's what's kept you far from God, I just want to pray for you right now. But before I pray for you, on behalf of the church, I want to say I'm sorry. Now, your pastor may have never been able to say I'm sorry. And that person that hurt you at church, maybe you never could say I'm sorry. And you wanted them to say I'm sorry so bad. That's all I wanted to hear is I'm sorry. I want you to be remorseful for what you did to me and my family. I pray that you will accept my apology on behalf of the church for the people that hurt you. It wasn't right and it's not okay. God loves you. He wants you to be close to Him. And anybody that would get in the way of that, that would hurt God so much more. So if that's you this morning, I just want you to receive God loves you. He never stopped loving you. Even when that ding-dong was so mean and did what they did, He still loves you. He didn't condone it. They may have even used His name to say what they wanted to say. Doesn't mean it was from God. When Jesus interacted with sinners, He would always go and tell them that He loves them and to sin no more while religious people would say we need to punish them. Too often the church is still in the same thing. It's like we forgot to read those parts of the Bible to figure out that that doesn't work. Punishing people has never worked. That's why Jesus had to come. I know, I know a lot of us are dealing with some financial stress right now. The economy is pretty terrible. It reminds me a lot of 2008 before we saw the, the Great Recession. So if, if you're in here and you, you need some prayer for your finances, you're in the right place. I'm going to pray, pray, pray a blessing over you. So if you, would, if you want to receive from God financially and you're just saying, Lord, I can't do this, I need you, Just just raise your hand for me. God, you see the hands all over the room. Father, you know the needs that we have. Your word says you take care of the birds, you take care of the flowers, that you'll take care of us. And so God, I just pray that blessing, that promise, that truth over us today. God, that we will live in a place of abundance, of more than enough. God, that we'll be taken care of. God, as we seek your face, as we spend time with you, as as we have a personal relationship with you, God, you'll take care of those needs. So God, I just pray blessing pour out over your people today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstones Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.